Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. We're so glad you joined us here for the conversation as we go verse by verse through the book of Jeremiah. Our series, The Hard Truth, is looking at this Old Testament prophet's messages of sorrow, judgment, and hope. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's episode. Want to turn to Jeremiah chapter 28. If you uh, can follow along, I've got a postcard here from Ireland. I love Ireland. I'm, I'm Irish. My father's side of the family, Skelly, might give it away. Uh, but here is the Blarney Castle. And so Joyce uh, Valancourt sent me that. Joyce, thanks for listening and being such a blessing uh, to me and our family and uh, reminding me of some great memories in Ireland. Preached a couple of men's conferences there back in the day. And uh, the Blarney Castle is always a place I've wanted to visit, but I, I never got down that far. Uh, Jeremiah 28 in our Bibles today, we're in a brand new chapter, and we're in the same time frame because Jeremiah, as you well know, has been preaching this message to Zedekiah and to remember the group of leaders that have come to meet with Zedekiah from the different nations that are round about, and they're going to form a coalition because they feel like they can flex their muscles and resist Nebuchadnezzar. And Jeremiah has told them that the Lord said, no, just submit, just submit. This is my chastisement. This is my will for you. And it'll, it will go better for you if you'll just accept the consequences. And remember, Jeremiah wears that yoke of wood around his neck as a sermon illustration of the fact that they will serve Nebuchadnezzar. But nobody likes that message. And we pick it up here in chapter 28, where it says in verse 1, And it came to pass the same year in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, so Jeremiah has preached this message. He has spoken to these ambassadors from these different countries. He has given the message to Zedekiah himself. And now in the same year, it says, in the fourth year, in the fifth month, that Hananiah, so who is Hananiah? Well, he's another prophet who's prophesy, prophesying contemporaneous, contemporaneously with Jeremiah. Well, watch what it says. That, that Hananiah, the son of Azur, the prophet, which was of Gibeon. So Gibeon is located about five miles, five, six miles northwest of Jerusalem, not far. It was known to be a one of the priest cities. So Hananiah may have been the son of a priest or the family of a priest, certainly a prophet here, one that speaks uh, in the name of the Lord. Now, He's not a, a good prophet, as we shall see, but but a prophet, and he's from Gibeon. Interestingly, Gibeon was the place, remember the Gibeonites that had deceived Joshua into that contract, that covenant with him by acting as if they had come from a far country. You know the story there in the book of Joshua of the Gibeonites. So it's interesting, this man Hananiah, who's going to sound really good and have a really popular message is really a deceitful person, and he comes from Gibeon, which is known for deceit. So the Bible says in verse number one again, that he spake unto me 
in the house of the Lord in the presence of the priests and of all the people. So Jeremiah is testifying here. And he said, I'm in the temple as Jeremiah would often go and preach his messages. Now we have the messages, some of the messages that he preached recorded in the book of Jeremiah, but understand that Jeremiah's ministry was a daily ministry. He would go every day. And these messages just are a small representation of the many, many, many messages that Jeremiah preached. And so Jeremiah is still preaching this message that the people of God are going to serve Nebuchadnezzar, that there is coming a time of uh, of exile. There's coming a time. And uh, the, the, the things that were stolen from the temple and the people that have been taken away to exile, they're not going to come back anytime quickly. That, that's Jeremiah's message. Now, obviously, that's not a popular message. And then uh, Jeremiah's walking around with that sermon illustration around his neck, that, that yoke of wood, as a symbol of servitude. So he's not a popular guy. And what's happening in verse number one of chapter number 28 is that this guy Hananiah is now confronting Jeremiah in front of all the other people. So it's a message from Hananiah to Jeremiah, but really, really, he's just grandstanding because he's really preaching the message in front of the people and in that sense to the people. He's a grandstander, as we shall see. Look at verse number two. Here's the message that Hananiah preached. Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. The king of Babylon would be Nebuchadnezzar. Within two full years will I bring again into this place all the vessels of the Lord's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carry them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place, Jeconiah. Remember, he was the son of Jehoiakim, actually the nephew of Zedekiah, who was actually taken to Babylon, uh, taken, kidnapped in that 597 uh, siege of of Judah, uh, that, that second invasion of the Babylonians. Jeconiah was taken, Coniah, we talked about him. And so what is Hananiah saying? He's saying, hey, in two years, the vessels of the house of God that were stolen and some of the kidnappees that have been stolen, they will all be brought back. Look at verse number four again. I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, saith the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Now you can only imagine how popular this message must have sounded to the people, to the priests who were the curators of those precious vessels of the house of God, to the families who had lost brothers and 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 fathers and family members to the captivity to the nation that had lost its king and was now living in the fear of Nebuchadnezzar, this big, bad king of the world, for Hananiah to say, in just two years, it's all going to be over. What a, what a popular and positive message that is. The only problem is it wasn't from God. So it doesn't make a difference how popular a message is or how 
positive a message is, if it lacks the power of God to do something with that message, then it's really nothing, isn't it? Look at verse number five. Then the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah, I mean, how's Jeremiah going to respond? Because Hananiah has ostensibly been preaching this message right at Jeremiah. No doubt interrupting Jeremiah's street preaching and telling him, Jeremiah, here's what God told me. And everyone agrees with me, not with you. So how is Jeremiah going to respond to that? Well, verse number five, that the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah, in the presence of the, of the priests, in the presence of the people that stood in the house of the Lord, even the prophet Jeremiah said, okay, what did he say? Here it is. Amen. The Lord do so. Wow, what, what a response. So Jeremiah didn't say, you're a liar. Not so. Uh, God's going to rebuke you. He didn't say any of that initially. Uh, all Jeremiah said was, amen. But I, the Lord do, do so. But I hope that does happen. I hope the Lord does do that. Now, uh, we're going to see in the passage that Jeremiah doesn't believe him for a moment. And He's not speaking the message of God. We're going to see that too. But I mean, who wouldn't want for all of that to happen? Who wouldn't want judgment to be averted? Who wouldn't want the captives to come home and for King Nebuchadnezzar to be deposed? Who wouldn't want that? So Jeremiah just said, amen. Great. That's that's a great sounding message. Uh, I wish the Lord would do that. But watch how the passage unfolds. Verse number six again. So he says, amen, the Lord do so. The Lord perform thy words, which thou hast prophesied to bring again the vessels of the Lord's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon unto this place. Nevertheless. So verse number six, I agree with you. That would be great. It would be wonderful if that's exactly what the Lord would do. But these are your words. Hananiah. And though, although it would be great if they would all come to pass, nevertheless, we would say today, but verse number seven, nevertheless, hear that, hear thou now this word that I speak in thine ears and in the ears of all the people. Okay. So Hananiah, you had a message for me, a very public rebuke of my message. And there's Jeremiah with that yoke around his neck. There's Jeremiah preaching this message that, hey, exile is going to come and Nebuchadnezzar is going to be the tool that God uses to chastise this nation. And you're not going to have any reprieve anytime soon. You're going to have to accept this punishment. I mean, that's Jeremiah's message. And now this Hananiah comes and says, no, 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 no. Don't listen to Jeremiah. In two years, it's all going to be better. And Jeremiah says, well, amen. That'd be great if that were true. But verse number seven Listen to me, hear the word that I speak in thine ears and everyone else that's around me, listen to my message. Verse number eight, the prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war and of evil and of pestilence. Okay, so what does Jeremiah say? Jeremiah says, well, Hananiah, your message sounds really good and it sounds really positive and it's well received as you would guess it would be. And it would be great if it were true, but let's take a little survey 
of all of the prophets that have preceded us. Now, are there messages generally messages of, hey, don't worry about it, everything's going to be good, or are they messages that decry the sin of the people and uh, forebode that which is going to happen that's bad? And what you're going to find is the general error of a prophet's ministry is to expose. So Hananiah, you're really not walking in the footsteps of the prophets that have gone on before you. Now, that's not to say that prophets don't sometimes prophesy peace or that there aren't really good and positive messages that pro- that prophets give. That, that certainly is true. But what is the criterion by which we know that those messages of peace are actually true? And that's the question we're going to answer tomorrow because we're out of time. So we got through verses number one through eight today, and we're going to finish the chapter, Lord willing, uh, tomorrow, verses nine through 17. So I hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.